Welcome back, everybody. When I started the show in late May, I did it because I wanted to have the opportunity to speak with people who have done things at the highest levels. Uh, it humbles me and it excites me greatly to welcome one of those uh, people. Welcome to the show, William R. Moses. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you. I hope I can live up to the introduction. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you already have just by just by coming on. You've you've lived up uh, to everything that I was hoping for. So everything else is bonus on top of this. Um, you've uh, I, I you know you've been acting for for a long time. You started acting when you were 21 years old. Uh, well, you started acting earlier, but uh, the uh, kind of the Falcon Crest was when you were 21. Um, yeah, it uh, it aired from 81 to 87. I came to the United States in 89, so I kind of missed that part. Uh, I came around and I, I watched uh, Mystic Pizza in uh, in reruns at that time. So um, I missed the beginning of it, but I certainly have followed uh, some of your careers since. And I'm very excited to ask uh, questions, uh, kind of going back into your background and finding out more about how your career has been, what things you have learned, and dive in. So um, let's let's start with uh, with Falcon Crest. You know, you it seems like that it wasn't your first uh, you know uh, gig because you had a movie before, but that was your kind of a big break, and it started fairly early in your career. How was it as a young actor to be on that type of set for that long of a show? Well, I mean, the, the old saying is uh, youth, uh, youth is wasted on the young. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, in hindsight, you know, that kind of uh, that era in television is, an, is, a, is a, an era that's no longer here. I mean, in, in those days, you know, there were three television networks and Falcon Crest on a Friday night averaged a 37 share. Share point was higher than it is now. Yeah. So a 37 share translated to 40 million viewers. You know, yeah. a share point in those days was 1.2 million. A share point now is 900,000. A 12 share share is a hit now. So uh, on network television. So, you know, at that coming that early to it, you know, I got my Screen Actors Guild card in 1979, uh, working on a, a Sprite commercial. I was going to USC at the time, and strangely, the girl in the Sprite com commercial was a Jamie Rose, who later played my sister on Falcon Crest. Uh, that was my first job ever. Uh, I was 19 years old. I got the pilot uh, to Falcon Crest about, uh, I think, like like a month before my 21st birthday. And we started yeah. shooting the pilot before my 21st birthday in Napa. Um, I had done one movie before that. Uh, I was uh, going to USC and I was working on this little movie called Choices and Demi Moore played my uh, sister in that movie. And uh, so, you know, I was really sort of a sort of a, an athlete who uh, uh, was a pretty good high school athlete. Uh, I was back going back east to school and, and all of a sudden sort of realized that I was going down a road that was going to make a lot of people happy, uh, like my father, my stepfather, my grandfather, my uncle, but it, I hadn't uh, accounted for my own happiness in that and uh, took some time off, worked as a carpenter and then started into commercials, fell into doing commercials and then went back to school so my parents would pay my rent. My stepfather, who was very influential in my life, uh, didn't want me to act, thought it was, uh, you know, he, 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 you know, like a lot of people, he, he did, he, he thought it was, uh, you know, we used to go to Samuel French Bookstore, the theatrical bookshop here in Los Angeles when it was open, and they used to sell these hats, you know, no dogs or actors allowed, you know, which is was the way it was for vaudevillians in New York in, in the early, at the turn of the century, uh, turn of the 20th century. So there was sort of a, people looked, a, a great number of people look askance at actors and the profession of acting, and, and uh, even to this day that happens. So. I went to school and went used money that I made doing commercials. In like two and a half years, I did like 18 commercials. Mm -hmm. um, I used that money to go to professional acting classes uh, uh, in town after school in the evenings. And then I'd, I'd go to school very early, take all the earliest morning classes so I could go to auditions in the afternoon. And uh, as it turned out, after about a year and a half uh, of that, I got uh, Choices, uh, Silvio Narazano directed it, who was uh, 
a European director who was nominated uh, for Georgie Girl uh, opposite uh, was the movie that made Lynn Redgrave. So I got to work with a really great director first, uh, my first thing. Finished that movie and concurrently, uh, as I was finishing this movie, this I got uh, I got a chance to read for this pilot. And the pilot was at that time called The Vintage Years. Um, and it was written by Earl Hamner, the same man that, that created the Waltons, who at that time was, yeah. you know, the Waltons was a long time, the number one show in America, and, and Earl Hamner was a, a big deal in, in, at that time. And, and Earl took a liking to me and, um, you know, bang, bang, bang. And all of a sudden I'm now, you know, first working on a network pilot, uh, which was recast. And then the pilot got picked up. They reshot the pilot with Susan Sullivan and Robert Foxworth, and uh, you know something began. You know, and uh, you think at that age that it's you know always going to be like this, and you know, you know I can tell you all these years later that it's, nothing has has been anything like it. Um, you know, and and it was a wonderful learning experience. You know, to be able to at such a young age to be around such seasoned professional actors and uh, to be around Jane Wyman, who was uh, extraordinarily strict with me and with all the young actors that, you know, you're young and you're stupid and you know nothing, which I hated that she thought that, but she, you know, all these years later, I, you know, she was right. Um, you know, I was young and knew nothing and, and didn't know enough, didn't even know enough to know what I didn't know which is maybe why I was fearless enough to try to do it in the first place, you know? Um, so it was, you know, it's a wonderful experience, great learning experience, you know, that you are in the big leagues. There's a lot of money at stake, a lot of viewers at stake. It's a big time in, in broadcast television, uh, you know, and there are some really wonderful parts of it. It's also, that's a tough business. You know, there, there's a, some business sides of it that, that, all these years later, you know, I, I think I have a better perspective on, you know, um, but yeah, it was a great way to start. I, very grateful to be around Susan and Bob and David Selby, who I'm still friends with to this day. And, and uh, Jane Wyman uh, was quite tough on me when I did the show, but later in my career was, uh, had seen some of the things that I had done and, and would seek me out to, to tell me how proud she was of me, which was really, that was quite rewarding. So it was neat. It was neat. Um, back to it, and again, this is this is fascinating. Uh, when uh, when Jane was uh, was tough on you, what were some of the lessons uh, that you took that stayed with you for the rest of your career? Well, uh, that served me now. I mean, you know, was always be on time. Yeah. Always be polite to the crew. Mm -hmm. Always know your lines. Always do your homework. Always be prepared. Yeah. Uh, that this is that. Uh, the actor's job isn't easy, but the crew is there twice as long every day and works twice as hard because uh, mm -hmm. their hours are, are much longer. Um, and that if you can earn the respect of the crew, um, you are deserving of that respect because these are very hardworking people and uh, who have seen it all and done it all and, and are working 12 to 15 hours a day five days a week, you know, they're working 90 hour weeks often. Um, so, you know, to win their respect as a professional, that's, uh, that was a good thing. And Jane, Jane had that down. She was not a, in those days, you know, that production company, you know, Lorimar, which was its own, that's its own story, but, uh, their policy as a company was that uh, there were no motorhomes for the actors. All the actors got the same size dressing room. So at Warner Brothers, when we started, they had these like they were, they looked like dollhouses on casters that they would weave, and they had a bed and an air conditioner in them and a closet to hang your stuff in a mirror, uh, and that was it. Um, but I had the same size thing as Jane Wyman, and and uh, and when we'd go on location. It was honey wagons, you know, and these honey wagons are, you know, 12 by, by six, you know, and, you know, with, with a bathroom in there and, that, and that's it and a bed and everybody got the same. Jane never once complained, never once, you know, was always there, always on time, always prepared, 
in every circumstance, no matter uh, what she was, a she just had an impeccable work ethic, you know, um, and the, the acting, you know, I don't, I don't know what I learned from Jane most of all was the work ethic and, and, and the way that the crew responded to her work ethic, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was respected because of that uh, more than anything else. Um, and that was a great, that was a great lesson. I mean, that was a great lesson and it, and it helps me now, you know, when, when, you know, it, you know, being an actor and working on a movie set now, it's different during the pandemic, you know, but yeah. you know, it requires a lot of people in concentrated spaces. A lot of different backgrounds, and there are there there are several departments and several people in each department, and and dedicated to the purpose. And the actor, the actor, it's a synergistic medium. You need things to come together. The actor can only be as good as the people around him. You know, it starts with good writing, but then you need you need you need the makeup artist not to you know to do a nice job so you can look okay. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just, just cause it's people like that's the nature of the business. People, you know, television in particular, you know, it's, you know, your, your visage is, is, is an important part of your instrument. So you want that to be taken care of, you know, mm -hmm. without being over vain, but you want it to be, you want to look the, the best you can. You want to be at your best, right? So you have your makeup, you have your wardrobe, you have your, you have uh, the sound department that has to wire you, that has to, I mean, everybody's in close proximity to you and a lot of people in concentrated, you know, I just worked on how to get away with murder and, you know, I mean, there's 60 and 70 people are coming to work every day to put that together. And you have to interface with, uh, you know, all the ADs, all the directors, all the writers of, in, in the story meetings, the wardrobe, the hair, the, all of it. And, and, to to work with them well, which means a level of professionalism, uh, and it's just really it's essential. It's essential because with their help, with with all those people coming together, an actor can be good, right? Mm -hmm. That's you need all of those things to to help you to do your best work, and that's uh, that was a great that was a great teaching. It's different than than she wasn't somebody that you know. I think Jane, you know, it's an older we never really talked much about acting per se, Jane and I, one, because I worked on the other side of the family. I didn't work with her much. Uh, the person that I did spend time talking to in particular was David Selby. Uh, mm -hmm. a young actor took interest because I was going to acting workshops outside of doing the series because I knew that I was really quite inexperienced and that there was, I needed more education. And I knew that somehow. Uh, Bob Foxworth was really good to me in terms of uh, he had me, he had gone to Carnegie Mellon and he had had me work with uh, uh, some people privately that taught Alexander technique and vocal technique because my voice would get all up in here and under tension and I wouldn't have the voice that I needed. And I, I learned that at a young age. I learned that kind of stuff and worked with that at a young age because the older actors had said, this might be a good idea for you. Um, you know, those were all all part of it. Um, you know, th those were the the good one, the, the really great experiences. Um, they were the ones that I did. You know, Susan Sullivan every once in a while would would pull me aside and say, you know, well, did you notice what happened? You know, in the scene that you just did, and I go, well, no. Goes, well, did you notice that that the actor you worked with didn't, wasn't as good in the close up as he was in the wide shot? Mm -hmm. I went, yeah. And he goes, well. Make sure you make sure you know that the close-up is the, where the money is. That's the money, right? You know, so a little kind of you know seasoned veteran things that they were imparted to a young actor. Um, that was very yeah. valuable. And uh, I'm I'm making an educated guess, but I think yeah, the uh, the part of you that knew that you needed to go outside and continue working on the craft is the athlete part of you. You know, you're used to uh, to putting up shots. You're a basketball player, so you're used to that type of work ethic and knowing how to get better at something. So maybe that had something. That's that, that's probably accurate, and and uh, I think that's probably probably accurate. I mean, you know, uh, and but that's you know that stays with me even now. You know, I mean, I'm still 
in fact, more now than ever, which is the, the, you know, the thing that I've learned along the way. And one of the things that became fascinating to me and is even more fascinating, you know, it's, it, this is one of the only profession professions in the whole world, which is I really have a shot at being better at acting at 82 than I was at 22. And there's mm -hmm. no profession that you can say that about, I mean, that I can think of. I mean, there isn't. I mean, and it's really true in terms of the taking written material, the interpretation of writ written material and, and resonating, having a, a, a personalizing it and having it resonate with an audience. It really is possible at, with age and to be better at it. What you can do with a look that you that you needed a speech to do before, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, the paradoxes of the of the craft. I mean, you know. And that's that's the part I love. And, uh, you know, when I named the show The Love of Acting, that's really where it comes from. Uh, it's that ability to to understand it, to get into the intricacies, to really get into the character and uh, find the right path uh, so you can uh, be grounded in it. Now, all of these things are, are fascinating to me when I was watching Bridge of Spies, and I saw uh, I saw Mark on the screen almost immediately. I said, if he doesn't win an Oscar for this, I don't know acting. Uh, it's it's that I was as excited about just watching him as I was about the whole movie. It, that's that's the part that's uh, fascinating for me. Yeah, no, I think that you know, for me, you know, I mean, you know, th there are uh, when acting is at its best for me, you know, which is the you know the Oh, give me more of that, you know, which is, I had this experience, you know, I can remember in the third grade, you know, on the blacktop playground playing touch football and, and coming back to throw the pass. And, and I saw the guy hold his hands like that. Yeah. And I threw the ball and then everything froze. Everything went in slow motion and the ball was a perfectly tight spiral. And I could hear the gym coach from behind me to this day pass. And the ball went in a perfectly tight spiral right into his hands like that. So I was, it was at full speed, but it went slow motion because the concentration was so pure. You know, you don't get that all the time with acting, but when you do, when you're in the scene, yeah. you're in it and you're so in it that, that it's like a church on the soundstage and all eyes are on you and you're, you're in the scene, but you're also up here knowing that all eyes are on you. And everything is like so concentrated that it's now moving in slow motion. It's the, you know, that is the, it, it, that, that you're, you're sort of ever present in a way, the, the concentration and your awareness is so heightened because your concentration is so focused. And so that feeling is, I mean, that's, that's the thing because the business is hard. The business of acting is really hard. And really yeah. difficult, not very nice, but that that makes it all worth it. And you don't always get it, and by no means do you always get it. But when you do get it, you go, "That's why I'm doing this." I mean, you you know, you mean you know in that moment that that's that's the thing, and that's that's like the man of La Mancha. It's the quest, you right? You know, it's, it's the purity of it. Uh, it's it's fascinating. There's there's no way to to describe it. You just have to kind of feel it. And once you feel it once, you want it all the time. And oh, thankfully, acting, thankfully yeah. and I guess um, uh, conversely, we have a lot of takes. So you may feel completely pure in one take and then you have to do another one and it's gone. And what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I mean, you start to learn that yeah. you know, film acting is different than theater acting and, and uh in film acting, you you you, you know, it's all because it's so immediate. You know, you get the material, you get a call sheet, you show up on the set when it's time to shoot it. And you and within if it's a three page scene or a two page scene in that hour and a half, it's all going to be over and never going to be there again. It's not mm -hmm. like the theater the next night you're going to go out and you can rework that moment or you, you're experiencing that moment in front of a different. It's happening then and now. And so the, the process of working on film has its own own, own sort of. Uh, yeah, you know, you start to get understand that and have a way that you work with that, you know, and what's that? It's all sort of a, I forgot who 
there was a book I read, you know, that it's all rehearsal basically, you know, and then mm -hmm. it starts focusing and, and, and in the rehearsal, it starts to become you know, more organic, you know, and each shot, you know, for the wider shots, you need different things. You need the physical part of it. You mm -hmm. want your body to be working, but, but the nuance of it happens in the medium and the close-ups, you know. I, I read that it may be, you may be referring to the same book that I read that uh, has that. It's a book by Michael Caine, uh, Acting on Film. So he was uh, he was you know breaking it down in the same way that you're mentioning. What I'm talking about, and I can't. Uh, it's a different book that I'm I'm talking about, and I, I can't. I, I probably have it in my bookshelf back there. I'm, I, I I'll have to, but I'm not coming up with the title right now. But yeah. If, if you find it, we'll link it below so people can uh, can check it out. I want to buy it because I want to read up on it. Um, yeah. Let's let's go to uh, to uh, to films because you know you you did your five um, you know five seasons uh, on uh, on Falcon Crest. I also find that you know as a side note, I find it interesting that you have 140 episodes that you did there, and you also have 140 total credits on your IMDb. I just find that fascinating. <laughs> um, so you did that, and then you uh, you uh, left, and you you know one of the things that you've done uh, shortly after was Mr. Pizza. Um, yes. How was that kind of going from a you know a TV series uh, to a film? And you know you're working with a lot of very young actors uh, on uh, on Mystic Pizza as opposed to working with all sorts of actors, including you know Jane, who is uh, certainly older at uh, Falcon. Well, you know all those young actors are now seasoned veteran actors, and you know yeah. incredible actors. You know Julia among them, and Lily Taylor, and Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, you know, wow. Uh, Annabeth has done really well too. I mean, you know, I mean, amazing, mm -hmm. uh, amazing people. You know, you, Mystic Pizza is like, you know, it, it's one of the love letters of my career, which was that, you know, I mean, just in terms of it had come at a really good time. It, uh, it was such a joy. It was in the part of the world that I love, a part of the world that I'd spent some time in because I, I before I went to USC, I went to school in Connecticut for for a year, and and uh, um, it, it just was a an Alfred Uri did the polish on the the man who wrote Driving Miss Daisy, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, did the polish on the script in particular. He did the polish on my character. Um, the being involved in that was such a Valentine, such a neat experience, such a it was just from start to finish. It's, you know, I mean, if everything could be like that, I mean, you know, geez, you know, um, that, that was just a joy. Every part of it was a joy. I mean, um, it was just a really good experience and a really great experience. And, uh, um, you know, I'd like to do 10 more of those before I called it, hang them up. Yeah. Know, like um, it's, it's interesting. And uh, you've mentioned that, you know, you, You've had an opportunity at at a very uh, young age uh, uh, as an actor to be in this you know incredible uh, uh, production on TV. Then you went and you did Mystic Pizza, which was amazing. And then you had a period of uh, of time. You know, as I as I was uh, kind of doing my uh, prep for it, I saw that yes, you've done you know Perry Mason, and you've done a lot of uh, kind of TV uh, movies. You've mm -hmm. uh, done a lot of uh, guest star roles. You've had some uh, some recurrings as well uh, thrown in there, but it seems like, uh, and I, this is what I was uh, wondering about: is it when you were, you know, were you looking for something specific, uh, another series to kind of uh, get into, or was this taking time more for the family, or just that's how the business was? Uh, there were a couple things, you know, I mean, which is that uh, I got married. Uh, we started uh, Mystic Pizza in September. Yeah. Of 87. And I had gotten married in June of 87. And two weeks after I got back from Mystic Pizza, my then wife was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, we were married less than six months and she came down with stage three Hodgkin's or stage two Hodgkin's. Mm -hmm. And uh, concurrent with that, there was a strike, uh, an actor strike that lasted for a long time. Yeah. So between her having cancer and having gone through in those days, you know, uh, Hodgkin's is more treatable. They have better treatments now. They do different treatments. In those days, it was curable, but the treatments were uh, 
hard. You mean very, very hard. And uh, to be 27 year old, 27 years old, knowing that my new bride could die, could was having to face this kind of battle uh, was one thing. Uh, with a strike on top of it was another. And when it finished, uh, Mystic Pizza. I think it, it it was just coming out. It was just coming out. And I hadn't worked for six or seven months because of life and because of the strike. And, yeah. uh, and I got this opportunity to do these TV movies, these Perry Mason movies. And I came and did one. And then they, you know, I think I made about 25 of those movies. But I did that. I worked on that job for like six years. You know what I mean? So I worked with Raymond Burr for six years on that job. And, and uh it was, you know, I don't think I've ever had more fun on a job than doing those movies, you know, I mean, in terms of, you know, we shot Colorado and, and uh, uh, you know, Raymond would be in the office, you know, doing Perry Mason things and I'd be, I'd get a clue and chase the bad guy around and then show up in the courtroom, you know, with a brew, with a black eye and a clue that he would look brilliant with, right? And so that was the formula. But it, it meant that I would work, I'd have, you know, we they take 25 days to shoot the movies and I'd have 10 days where I was just off in Colorado and I'd go ski or do whatever. So it was a really a lot of fun. And, and but, you know, with all due respect to the medium I mean, and we're very successful movies, but, but it, you know, had, had there not been a strike, had there not been a, um, my wife not been sick, had I, would I have, in hindsight, have waited to see what might have developed that were more actor oriented? Yeah, maybe. I think that's probably accurate. But I did what I did, and you know, it was a, a you know, there, there, it was a good job and a, and a good money job. I, I don't know that it was a. I don't know that it was the best thing in the world for my acting. You know what I mean? Uh, just in terms of. Uh, but you know, even during that period, I was studying too. I was studying. Then I started studying with. Uh, I was studying then. But I, I think had I been more available to have other things, I think some, you know, maybe things would have been, maybe made a different turn. I, you don't know. I mean, hindsight is you, you don't know. But mm -hmm. I, it was during that period that I started working with Kim Stanley, um, mm -hmm. and uh, which was. Uh, a legendary figure in the development of the method and uh, through the actor's studio with Lee Strasberg and yeah. um, having that experience with her uh, was very valuable and, and, and very enlightening. I never, you know, in my twenties, uh, in my, my early twenties and, and, and later up until my early thirties, I worked with her. I didn't, um uh, I didn't know what the heck she was talking about half the time. Now I mean just she she was confusing to me, you know. I mean and she she had this apartment on Hillcrest in Hollywood and and uh, you'd do these scenes and you know and then she had this ante room where you'd go and talk to her privately. And um she had such a you know I mean I mean, you know, Kim has what you can't teach. She was brilliant. And with that, she had brilliant insight and vision. She could actually like see through you, <laughs> you know, right down into your soul. And and so a lot of it was elliptical and I didn't, it was confusing at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, some 30 years later, you know, uh, it, I guess I'm a slow learner. It's, it's starting to make some sense, you know, just, you know, she would say, you know, you know, well, you're planning everything. And it would be like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a script. You analyze the script. The, the scene has a certain vibe, beginning, middle, and end. Yes, of course I'm playing. Do you know? No. I was like, what? Moment to moment. Mm -hmm. In the circumstance, go moment to moment. Like, well, why would you do that? She goes, because if you go moment to moment, it'll take you someplace you never knew you could go. Yeah. So that um, was pretty phenomenal. I mean, you know. And I, now that I'm thinking back on it, I think it was, I started working with Kim Stanley right at the time of Mystic Pizza. 
uh, right, right then. I mean, right just before Mystic Pizza and through that. And her note on Mystic Pizza was, why did they make you wear those glasses? It was like, I said, well, that's the character, the director. The, but she's, wow, that was such a cop out. It was like, yeah, but they, but yeah. <laughs> they wanted me to do it, you know. So okay, but that was her thing, and uh, so she was. Uh, so you know, everybody has their own path, and their different twists and turns, and life comes along the way. And this is, you know, it's alternately a an art form and also a profession. So you know, there are times when you you take jobs. Uh, um because you need the job or because you need you want to make a living and uh, you know which are all valid reasons you know but you're balancing it all out you know i i think uh yeah no, we'll see i mean uh, so that was uh I, yeah it it makes sense uh and that's that's the you know real part and that's why it's important uh you know to have people like yourselves uh, being on the show is for those up and coming actors they need to realize that hey you know, just because you've been in such and such does not mean, you know, a linear progression anywhere else. That just, you know, it doesn't happen. It's it's different things, and you've guest starred everywhere. Yes. Uh, you've, yes, I you've, you've been on everything that, you know, that I've seen and that I have uh, probably won't have enough time to watch, even if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and... It's it's interesting, kind of these stops uh, along the way. You know, Melrose uh, Place, uh, you've done. Um, you know, you've done the Secret Life of the American Teenager. You, you've done these projects, and then you continue kind of doing films, and you continue doing guest stars, and bring this up to now, where you're working on How to Get Away with Murder. You know, Sean Rhymes uh, project. I just think looking back, it's an interesting, you know, uh, to to see. I started out in Falcon Crest, and this is a big, you know, uh, television network show. And now I'm in a big network uh, television show, and how different they are. Uh, I think that must just be an interesting thing to look at. Well, you know, yes. I mean, the, you know, <laughs> you know, one um, happily, uh, you know. You know, the 80s, 80s television was, you know, it was the, in many ways, the golden age of television because the audiences were so huge. There were three networks and, and the audiences were so huge. But, you know, in those days, there was still a lot of carryover from the old lighting techniques. You know, I mean, when I first started on a Falcon Dress, I used this oil-based makeup, you know, and I'm fair. So, you know, I mean, and they would put this makeup on and it was like, you know, I'd come out of the makeup trailer I'd be orange you know I mean you know literally look like a you know a pumpkin with blonde hair I mean it wow. was it was orange but they well, you go on the light the sets and and the older actresses love it they would bang in hard light like I mean you used to have nine lights and they had three banks of tungstens they go uh, more and you know when, when Jane was there they put a net on it and they turn on everything and would take 20 years off of her face but you know for me it was like Stop squinting. <laughs> you, know, wow. so, you know, and and that was a stylized genre. You mean the genre of nighttime soap operas? I'm not. I don't think it holds up really great. Forty yeah. years later, in terms of you know, like you see The Godfather, it's as good today as it was. You know, I mean, it's it's just it's timeless, right? Yeah. I don't think '80s soap operas hold up the same way. Now jump jumping forward to working on a network television show it's more diverse there's more women there's more people of color there's uh there's shonda's value system is uh, is color and women and 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 lgbq uh, lb you know yep all of that is part it's it's part of this polyglot of which made it from my point of view truly exciting to work on because it's such vibrant and diverse energies you know um and with a vibrant and diverse crew and you know yes what jane taught me all these 40 years later was did it all come in handy yes it comes in you know in space you know because it's like these are my colleagues and and you know i you earn your respect by doing your work and doing your work well and then yeah. being a professional while you do it and uh and that's 
yes, I, that, yes, Jane's teaching 40 years of that having been drummed. Yeah, I'm start, I'm a slow learner, but it's getting into my head, you know, starting to work. If I had a regret, it's that I, I only got to work with her one time yeah. and one scene. Strangely, I worked in uh, the scene with Tim Hutton and Viola Davis, two Oscar winners. And my very first audition when I stopped was transitioning from doing commercials uh, into acting work was with Robert Redford to play Tim Hutton's best friend and ordinary people. I hadn't seen him since then. And he didn't remember me, but I, rem I reminded him that we, we met and that's where we met. But yeah, I would have liked to have had, I was the person chasing Viola and chasing yeah. her character. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I was like, is he going to get her? Is he going to get her? And then this story, story in, the, in, the, in the finale took a left turn yeah. uh, where, you know, Lanford, Agent Lansford, Lanford was foiled again and she got away. And then they did this flash forward. So I would have liked to have worked with her more. Getting to know her was... Uh, and to talk to her, uh, she's great. I mean, just she's just she's great. I mean, just what a neat, what a neat woman. I mean, what what an unbelievable talent, and what a just a she's a wonderful human being. I I I, I can't say enough nice about her. She's just great. It was really a pleasure to be on her show and be around her. It was nothing but a, just a. It's a wonderful experience, a wonderful experience. And all of them, Pete Nowak was great. And the, the young cast that I got to work with, uh, Jack was great. And, you know, it just it was it was just a really good experience all the way through. Yeah. Um, and there is, you know, to Shonda's uh, shows, there is a rhythm. There is there is a, you know, tension and a way that things are done. It's just, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm from the scandal days uh, where where I I got used to literally having a, kind of a PTSD moment just by watching the shows because you knew something was about to happen. And, and I noticed myself while I was driving, uh, I noticed myself looking over because I'm expecting a car to hit me on the, on the side. And that's when I said, okay, I need, to, I need to come down a little bit and stop watching as much as I'm watching because this is not affecting me in a, in a positive mental uh, way. But there is, I love that energy and the vitality of her uh, of her program yeah no it was a that was a first-rate operation and it, it was just it was a pleasure you know what might be good for you know because actors talking about acting and the, the craft of acting you know i mean i ended up doing 15 shows but i i came as a one-day guest star wow okay I, I came that show is as a one-day guest star and and uh when when they wanted me they said it's one day and we said well you it was in the breakdowns as a as a guest star and they go well it's a one day guest star okay and my some of my people came i said well, well you don't that's not what you do and, and i said yeah but there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of work here and the scenes are good you know mm -hmm. so and i've never worked for i've never worked for shonda so mm -hmm. I think I should do it, you know, this, you know, so let's, let's do it because I think I can be good in this part. And uh, anyway, I, I did. And then they had me back for three more that year. And then they offered me a deal the second in the second season. Um, and yes, I had to audition for it. So no, you know, but it's good for people to know, which is that, you know, they're, you know, one of the producers I worked with, uh, you know, so there are no small actors. Uh, there are no small parts, only small actors. This proved to be the case. I mean, because it, it wasn't about billing or spot or payment at first. It was just like, what? Well, I, I like these scenes. I think mm -hmm. I, I think I, I think I have a, a take on this that I think I can be effective with. And so yes, you have to gamble to go in because then you know because they said, well, you shouldn't even go in for it. It's like, well, you know, let's 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 roll the dice. You know, um, yeah. so anyway, that's a good piece of information. Maybe that's useful to somebody. Yeah, I, it, it certainly is because you uh, you are on NCIS. Uh, I think you are a recurring uh, guest star. So, you know, you might have continued being on NCIS, but you decided to kind of uh, try this out. And that it went into 15 well, episodes. Uh, you know, I had done, 
I had done JAG uh, years ago, uh, one in the later one of the later seasons, and it was a show that uh, I don't know. I think David James Elliott would. Uh, I think there were some shows where they gave him some time off, and mm -hmm. and I did one of the shows as a pretty major guest star and uh, uh, playing a submarine commander and. And the, it went well. It was a good show. I liked. I, I liked how it turned out. It, it holds up pretty well. Um, so when they started NCIS, they offered me like the third show that that was ever produced on the show, mm -hmm. and I came and did it. And in those days, the show was just starting off, and and you know, it was like you know, I went to wardrobe and I said, well, what am I playing? And it's like, well, you're playing an FBI agent. I said, well, can I have the script? They said, well, there is no script, but here's a suit. Try this suit on. And it was mm -hmm. like. Okay, and uh, then I would go, uh, you know, nine o'clock at night. No, I got no lines, and then they, you know, eleven some lines would come, and I was like up late to get there early. And I yeah. go, okay, it's kind of late to get these lines. Well, forget those lines. We're going to do these lines, yeah. and you know, and so it was. Uh, so we did the show, and and uh, I just all I can remember about doing that show very early, and it was one Mark I've known. Mark, Mark since I'm 12 years old. So uh, um, it was good to be with Mark and, and who I'm very fond of. Um, but uh, I don't remember much else about it other than we never had the lines and we never, it was like we would get something and then shoot it. And it was like, well, I, you know, yeah. this is all fake. Um, I, you know, I had read for a lot of these NCIS because the NCIS is a show that reads, uh, they do a, a you read you read for every one of them you, you read and it's like and then they then they you know it used to be you read and then you get it now that they, they they put a pin in you and then they give you a or they ask a veils and then they put a pin in you and then they you know there's a whole process now it's it's like a vetting process mm -hmm. and i think over the years i've probably been pinned like eight times and never got the job and i was doing it was a week i had off actually i didn't even have the week off and I said, well, I'm not going to read. I, you know, I don't want to drive down and read for this thing because they never hire me and da da da. And I'm working and and they could come on, da da. And so I went, and lo and behold, this one I got. <laughs> so, um, and it was great to see Mark. And and you know, it was funny because um, I probably did that jag in. Uh, oh, it must have been. 91, 92. Yeah. Okay. Well, the same makeup artist that worked on me, that makeup artist went to NCIS, which is now run for seven years. Yeah. So from 25 years earlier, I'm so, it's good to see you again. It's like, wow. And they're shooting on the same soundstage. And, and, and like many of the crew was like, good to see you again. It's like, wow. It's, it's very unusual that, that all in that Bella Sargent. Uh, Don Belisario world, you know, I mean that that has talk about having legs and uh, uh, you know, so yeah, it was pr pretty amazing. Very interesting. Um, so you're uh, and you kind of brought this up, but uh, it's it's great to know for us, not necessarily great for you, but you still have to audition for things. You know, I it's I get offers, but I have to I have to audition. Yeah, that that's everybody. You want to get the good one and the good ones you definitely have to audition for but yeah you have to audition you know i mean it's uh you know the yeah you have to audition i mean and that that's pretty pretty usual pretty standard stuff i mean uh that 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 happens i mean i do get offers but uh the shows i mean you know you can't even you can't even audition unless you're on a list now that's true but you know, you know when when you're auditioning, are, are you? I mean, do you still keep a resume and, and a headshot, or I think at this point they know who you are. They have the my my representation set. You know, they, you know, they they I'm pitched and they say yes, no, and you know, yeah. and I'm approvable to audition, but I got to go audition. You know, and you know, and the relationship to auditioning is, uh, I mean, that's a tricky one for actors because it, it's a it's a tricky thing you know you have to get 
for the majority of actors and actors like me, you know, I mean, I, for me to get good roles, I have to audition for them. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there's a lot of different schools of, you know, what is the best way to audition and what is the, right. you know, you know, there's a lot of different schools and I, and I don't pretend to know other than, you know, uh, you know, because sometimes you, you, you go like, I killed it. I knocked it out of the park and you don't get it. And sometimes you go, ah, oh, it wasn't very good, but they want, they wanted me, you know, which is, you know, kind of how I felt about the NC last time I did an NCIS. It was like, well, I didn't think the audition was that, but they want, okay. They wanted me. So, okay. I, we went and did it and they were all happy and it was great, but it was like, but what about all the auditions that I knew I killed in there? I mean, so, I mean, you know, so it's, there's so many things that go into casting, you know, and, and there's so many things that go into it. And usually, you know, when I, when I see roles that I didn't get, most times I understand. I mean, you know, meaning that, well, if they wanted him, they didn't want me because one, we're so different. Right. Usually it's because they, they go a different way or they go younger or they go or, or in casting now because of, uh, you know, social media has, a, there's an interrelationship with social media because, um, and I don't do any social media. I do none. Um, I have a LinkedIn account. That's about it. And I don't even really know how to work it. But I don't do Facebook. I don't do Instagram. I don't do, I do none of it. Um, and that's probably not wise. But, you know, at this stage of my life for me to start and I have three followers. And that's probably, you know, uh, that probably be detrimental, I would think. You know, oh. and also I had some nuts that were uh, circling for many years. So, uh, wow. so that's the reason why I didn't do that. But. Um, you know, so, you know, auditioning for, for actors is, you know, I think it's better for every actor to assume for me to get the roles I really want, I'm going to have to read for them. And it doesn't matter what level you're at Mm -hmm. because there's wherever you are, there's something, there's a place you want to go that's higher. And to get to that higher place, you have to probably do it in a room in front of people. And 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 you have to be right. You have to be able to handle it. And and you know the day what they're looking for an audition. You know, you know I try to get as close as I can to uh, something that I could shoot. You know mm-hmm. of that day. But I having said that, I always keep the pages in my hand so that or or even if now you do a lot more uh, auditioning uh, like uh, on film. You know where where you sent you self tape which I love because I, I feel like I, my training is mostly in front of the camera. I've done theater and I've, I've had some success at theater. I'm not a great, the, I'm not a huge established theater actor, but I've done it. But I do know a lot about working in front of the camera because I've done a lot of it. So mm-hmm. uh, when I audition for self tapes, I, you know, I make sure that the, in the bottom of the frame, you, know, you can see like if my hand was the pages, you can see that the pages are in my hand. Yeah. You know, and um, just so that they know that they know that there's still more room, that that there's more in the tank, right? Even if you're giving it all out, I, you just have it because they go, oh god, it's still really not up. You know, so you're giving them the idea that I've got room to go less, more, different. You know, hmm. um, and then the rest of it is, you know, working in the room for me is different than. Uh, being in a room with people and sometimes it's necessary to be in the room with people and sometimes you can just do it off a of tape um off of tape is a is a little better for me because i you know love it or hate it I, you know i did it and had some say over it you know yeah. so um um in the room you know it, sometimes talking is good you know, sometimes you're kind of right and they just need to hear you talk a little bit. And that, that helps, you know, and sometimes, and sometimes the talking is talks you out of the part. So I, I don't know. I mean, that that's, it's a, it's mysterious. And uh, I've never read a quintessential book on auditioning. I, and I, and my relationship, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where well, if I want something good to happen, the likelihood is I'm going to have to read for it, yeah. you know? Um, 
I, if, if you want a book, uh, Michael Kostroff, uh, who was uh, my first guest on the show. I love you, Michael. Um, he wrote a, a book on auditioning. I found it useful. I don't know if uh, it would be useful for you, but yeah, I'll link it uh, in case you want to check it out. Please send um, Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Like you've uh, you're mentioning self tapes, and um, with the self tapes, you know, I, I do a lot of them because that's uh, that's how we submit mostly. Um, even before COVID started, I think mostly mm -hmm. it's uh, it's through self tape. And what I find missing with the self tape is that. Uh, I want to have, you know, I want to see the eyes of the person. I want to be able to interact and then kind of feed off of their reactions. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit Meisner in this way. And on self-tape, um, you know, I, I imagine things and my imagination is pretty good, but that's the part that I'm missing. So I actually like being in the room because there is a reader and there is somebody that I can uh, interact with. Uh, that's well, why I find my self-tape, I have like... I have one actor friend in particular that I usually bring with me, and that's good. Uh, and I have a studio in town that I can do it at a reasonable price. And I prefer because he's working with better, you know, rather than my iPhone. I mean, I'm at, or my computer. I, yeah. I just feel like I'm getting a better quality product. I mm -hmm. rent this for half an hour. I meet with him. I do my work. I meet with him 20 minutes before, and we go over it two or three times. And mm -hmm. once I feel like I'm kind of ready, yeah. We don't go over it. We sit down and we just we put it, we pump it out, and we'll do two or three takes. And uh, once we get one we like, we'll do one just like, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Judy Dench in Inside the Actor Studio said, you know, it's she was talking about that when she she builds a character, she she, she adds to it, adds to it, adds to it, and then she strips it down. So once I get one I like, then we uh, then I go, okay, well I'm going to do nothing now. Because, and then when I do nothing, some of the work stay, is still is still there, and usually leaner, especially as you're older, because you have a certain weight and you have a certain gravitas anyway. Usually, that's the one I I go with. Not always, but but usually. So that's a process that I, I've liked as a self tape, and and find a find an actor friend, you know, because it is a community thing. You, you, we don't act in a bubble. That that will do this with you, and you trade services, and that and that's a good way of handling it. Mm -hmm. um, I would, I've had some success with that. That works well for me. And then also the guy that I work with out here, you know, has a background in casting, and so he's not bad either. But I prefer to have my own. I have I prefer to have him operating the camera, and 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 you know, my actor friend who we have a long, you know, I know we have a long history together. So um, so that. It's also good because you can go, what are you doing? You know, I mean, because sometimes, you know, you when you, you know, you have to have those moments. You know, you can only be as good as you're willing to be bad. You know, I mean, so that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, you have to end someone having working with someone that's willing to say, what? That's ridiculous. You know, I mean, and it, for it to be okay, for, for it to be okay to make those mistakes in, in front of people. So, the um that was, you know those are you know that that's a that's good stuff to have yeah um you've mentioned uh you mentioned a few you know nutsos and crazies uh i actually wanted to ask you about the fame element of it you know what uh, being thrust into fame at an early age and kind of having uh been in the public eye for uh, for so long what are some of the um positives of it and the drawbacks that you've experienced well, I mean, you know, celebrity is, you know, everybody's a little different. I mean, it's nice to be noticed. I mean, I, you know, the people that, you know, that know me are either, you know, a lot of them are people that watch, particularly, you know, the ones that are most avid. People watch a lot of Lifetime movies. The people have seen me in there that, People are really devoted to those, and so there's some people that are really crazy about those, and I've done a lot of those, you know, because for a long period in my life, when the TV movie was a big thing, I that was my the bread my bread and butter, mm -hmm. you know. I probably made 50 TV movies, you know, what I mean, so uh, and a lot of those people still recognize me in these long forms, especially when you know, I, for a period there, I played a lot of nuts, um, you know, and then the Falcon Crest stuff was, you know, a long time ago. You know, for me, even then, I was always, 
And I think that if you were to talk to like David Selby and some of the other people, you know, celebrity was not really something that was that has ever been that interesting to me. Being a good actor that yeah. interests me a lot. Um, and and if people know me vis-a-vis -vis something they've seen me in and like me, and then that's wonderful. That, that's great. But celebrity as we know it in this day and age is not something. Yeah. You know, celebrity now is your celebrity. You're famous for being famous, not because of something you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, um, having having people recognize your work or having been drawn to something you do, that's very exciting. And you try to be as gracious as you can uh, and and to be, you know, because you know, just to be gracious because somebody's extending it takes you know, people, you know, I'm sort of a shy person, you know, I, I can speak in front of people, but if you leave me on my own and I can, you, you put me in front of a hundred people and I don't have a problem speaking, but if you leave me on my uh, own in a dinner party, I've kind of go in the corner and then it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm just not one of those guys. Yeah. That's never been, that's probably, and that's kind of common. I think with actors that I've talked to, there's some one people, often people are drawn to acting because they're shy. Um, Strangely, a lot of people from whose families come from military backgrounds, a lot of notice a lot of that too. Um, but no, I don't really have any great insights into fame. It's been a long time since I've been famous. You know, I'm sort of known, and to to some people and to women of a certain age, you know, that women that you know, it's not like a, you know, it's in my 20s they were probably a, you know more there was probably more temptations. These days they're more like they you know. <laughs> that know me are, you know, sort of, you know, <laughs> they're older, <laughs> you, know, this, you know, you know, so I try to be, and I try to be polite and courteous and, uh, um, you know, that that's it. But no, I don't have any great insights into fame. Okay. Um, and uh, in terms of uh, a few more questions, by the way, and I know I've taken a lot of your time already, which mm -hmm. I, I'm grateful for. Um, Staying in shape because acting is is a grueling uh, process. Uh, it's it's physically, emotionally, psychologically uh, grueling. And um, you know, you being an athlete, have you continued? You know, uh, I, I know you're in great shape now. I, I see you on screen, but have you continued uh, kind of making that a part of your regiment? And have you found that that's something that helps you with your acting? Well, just to in general health, you know, I mean, like I'm. You know, right after we're finished here, I'm I'm going to play tennis. Actually, so uh, you know, I have a group of guys I play tennis with. Um, I have a dog. I exercise every day, and uh, I go through periods where you know my hobby is cooking. So that there are periods where I get a little thicker, and there are periods where I go, well, that's too much of that, and then I get disciplined and and uh, watch what I eat and uh, exercise more. Um, so you know, you try to be aware of you know. You know the the medium. You know you you, you want to be watchable, so you want to try to look your best. You know, so uh, whatever that means, without you know trying to be too vain about it, but you you want to try to you know you know not be uh, you know it, obviously if you eat you know salami and smoke cigarettes all day long, you know it's, you're probably not going to look so great. So I mean, you know, you try to take good care of yourself. You know, I have children, so that that uh, so you know, I want to be around for them, and uh, so yeah, taking care of yourself is part of it, and and that, um, you know, in terms of the you know, film acting is long hours, you know, but I've done it for so many years now that that you know, I'm I'm pretty battle hardened, you know, I mean, even if I step away from it, you know, right now during this pandemic, it's been a while because mm -hmm. for everybody. But when I have to go back and work 12 hours a day, will I be ready to do it? Yeah, yeah, I'll be ready to. Probably take a nap at lunch, but other than that, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be ready. And I, and I find years ago when I, in my, in my late 20s, I used to like to work long hours because the longer that I would work, I just didn't have the energy to be nervous. You know, and, and I have found at periods in my career where stage fright comes in and goes out, it hasn't been like, I got over it and never came back. It, it's it's sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. I do live theater, man. The first few nights, I'm like, I'm just, wow. I don't know how I ever get through it, but I manage. Um, the uh, you know, so uh, 
I used to like that. You know, I used to like the feeling like 10 hours in where it's like, okay, just give me a scene to do because I, I don't have any nervous energy left. So I'll just do the scene. Uh, I think I can settle in better now. I work harder. I'm more conscious of, of trying a relaxation of breath. You know, and when I worked with Larry Moss, you know, he talked a lot about that. And, you know, in the preparation, you know, how you and Kim Stanley talked a lot about, it. but hers was more the the getting into emotional circumstance. Larry was more comprehensive about having your body be free, free of tension, so that you know you, you can, you know, it just being what being relaxed but having a volcano of emotion at the same time, trying to get that dichotomy you know happening you know so that you you're filled but you're also your body is relaxed and and that you're not you know tension particularly when the camera comes in really tight you know everything is so pronounced you know blink less you know stay with yeah. your person really look them in the eye really focus on them let the camera look into you make sure you know have thought have your thought connected to to the the character although you know there are some interesting dichotomies you know i worked with harris yule and a fabulous stage actor we did this movie in texas and and just a scene in a bar mm -hmm. and and uh sitting there playing a rodeo cowboy you know just kind of sitting there but he had to wear a suit that night so he's kind of uncomfortable at this art exhibit and we're just standing at the bar. That's the scene. Mm -hmm. And they go, cut for it. And they go, and Harrison, no, 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 wait, wait a second, wait a second. I, I got an idea. And uh, they go, okay. And so <laughs> they roll the camera, and, and I'm just sitting there with my glass of booze and, and rolling, and Harris just looking at me, just looking at me. And he goes, what you got there? whiskey God, that was great you know it was like when we finished it was like why was that great Chris, what what did we do why was mm -hmm. that so great and he goes it doesn't matter what we did the audience endowed it they they filled it in yeah that was interesting i mean you know that it's interesting because sometimes you know that if you can suck them in nothing sometimes becomes fascinating which is interesting yeah yeah i don't maybe that's an inane story i don't know but it was certainly when we did it and that the audience does endow things that that you know yeah. if you're connected the audience will endow things and some things will be things you intended and some things will be just because they did you know so no it's uh, it's it's not you know it, it's it's a very good uh thing to share because again uh, especially on screen and especially in close-ups you know doing less is is more uh, or almost doing nothing is is even better. Uh, as long as there is a thought uh, behind it, you know the camera is going to catch it and the audience is going to see it. You know what that thought is. That's a different story because I've talked to actors who, you know, have been in scenes where we interpret their thoughts to be one thing and they're thinking completely different, but yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. still still comes across and that's that's what works. So. Um, Last question for you then. Uh, if if you were you know able to speak to a younger version of your uh, acting self uh, right now and to give uh, one bit of advice, what would that be? Oh wow! Um, I will tell you what um, Larry Moss, uh, who I worked with. Mm -hmm. for a long period of time and, and did some i loved being around him and knowing him and and coming to know him and getting to work with him and some of the things that i got to work with him and i was at a very difficult uh stage in my life just filled with anxiety and dread and just nothing was going right and uh what he said to me is what I would say to my younger self, you know, work very hard. And that's it. Work very hard. Mm -hmm. And along the way, the addendum would be try to have some fun. Mm -hmm. 
because it is when it's done well it is fun i mean it's it's amazing you know thank you that's that's very very um very important piece of advice um i i try to relay that to my son on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> i i've learned that from my wife uh that that work ethic and being able to uh to put yourself uh to something and continue doing it, uh, you know, until you get it. So, yeah, it's it's great. Thank you for that, um, and thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing. I really uh, appreciate your time, and uh, I know our audience uh, appreciates it. We were able to uh, to learn quite a lot. It's it's wonderful to have you on. And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, you had an uh, insightful conversation with uh, William uh, R. Moses. I have, you know, 15 more questions that I wanted to ask him, but I value his time. And uh, he's about to go play the game that I love. Tennis is my game. So, uh, <laughs> William, you're you're always welcome. If you're in Chicago, please uh, please come over, bring a racket. Uh, you know, I have courts uh, nearby. Okay, um, great. Yeah. I'll so. Take you up. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Take care.